Last week on Licensed to Parent, we talked about the powerful influence music can have on developing our children's intelligence, their appetites, attitudes, and actions. Of course, such a power can have a good or bad outcome. When Elvis Presley fueled the rock and roll craze in the 1950s, young people went wild over this new genre of music. Many parents, however, were not so enthused. In fact, Elvis and the music culture that accompanied him were looked upon by many parents as instigators of youth rebellion and moral depravity. Since then, many other forms of music have evolved or devolved, depending on your point of view, from the broader genre of what we still call rock and roll. Today, hip-hop is arguably the most popular form of music with young people. And again, many parents are concerned. But are those concerns justified? Regardless of its potential for good or evil, how is it influencing our culture? And how is it influencing our children? We'll talk about that with G. Craig Lewis, a man fighting hard against the secularization of God's church and God's people, today on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome to our program today. Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host on Licensed to Parent is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, as I've already mentioned in our opening, since the days of Elvis and, well, even long before that, back to the days when Brother Maynard tried to add a beat to monastic chants, <laughs> Folks have been a bit concerned about the effects of music on the attitudes and behavior of, well, not just our culture's youth, but on the greater culture at large. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, well, it goes back even further than that, Rich. Uh, Three or four centuries before the birth of Jesus Christ, uh, Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle all wrote about the power of music to not only influence the attitudes, character, and moral behaviors of individuals, but those of entire nations as well. Hmm. Uh, I think it was Plato who actually wanted to, to have music regulated by the state. Really? Mm-hmm. State-authorized music was all that you could play? I, well, you know, I, I think he realized that of the dangers in it, and he wanted a certain uh, uh, tunes to be outlawed. Uh, bottom wow. line, he, he saw it as, as dangerous. And um, I, I'm sure that people before them understood this as well. It was just never documented, perhaps. Uh, now, now, whether they had music that rivaled the moral depravity of guys like Eminem or Lil Wayne um, uh, and guys like that back then, God only knows. But these were guys who had insights into the human experience that many of us even to this day just don't have. Uh, in, in the 17th century, Scottish politician and writer Andrew Fletcher said, let me write the songs of any nation. I don't care who makes their laws. Mm. Armies are moved to, uh, into battle by the mere sound of horns and drums and uh, so, so if music can influence the actions of adults and entire nations and armies, just just think what it can do to our impressionable kids. Yeah, Frank Zappa called music an incredible indoctrination tool. Yep. Uh, so what we as responsible, God-fearing parents have got to come to terms with is this. We have to figure out how to minimize the risk of having the evil influences of music captivate and capture the hearts, minds, and souls of our kids. And I'm talking rebellious, postmodern, chaotic, misogynistic, occult-inspired, violent, gang-associated, vulgar, anarchistic, perverted, and otherwise morally depraved music. Everything that's popular today. How are we going to do this, Rich? I mean, because right now, a lot of our kids and a lot of our Christian kids 
have become slaves to some pretty crazy stuff of all kinds, not just hip-hop. But what's even more shocking and even harder to understand and deal with is that there are a lot of parents, even Christian parents, raising their kids with this stuff. And I think a lot of parents feel that, well, you know, oh, well, I listened to Zeppelin or Michael Jackson or Aerosmith and, you know, when I was a kid and everything uh, turned out all right with me. Or so the Russians would have us believe. I mean, first of all, <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not done yet, parent. You're still turning out. Yeah. Second, how many hangups, strongholds, addictions, and other destructive issues are you dealing with right now that you've never even considered as a possibility to being linked to what you're regularly being entertained by? Mm. Things that are opening up spiritual doorways into your system so that the enemy's imps can just march right in and have their way with you and your kids. This, this is something I want to touch on real quick before mm-hmm. you go on, and that is the fact that you, you said, you know, we're still growing up kind of as adults. Right. And that's very true. Yet I think most of us view ourselves as, quote, normal, end quote, meaning, well, we're okay as we are, yeah. but but you're right. We have, if we do a little bit of self-reflection, we're going to see we may have a lot of hangups, and we've never attributed them to one thing or another. Right. We don't really know where they where came they come from, from, you know, or, or how will, we're feeding them. Right, and some guys will pick their nose and do weirder things and think that's just that's just normal. It's just the way things are done. But and no, I don't have any empirical proof to support the ideas that these are all deeply spiritual things with these doorways into our soul. That doesn't mean I don't have strong evidence. But none of us has any empirical proof to support the fact that we actually love our spouses either. All we got is evidence. Yet our spouses believed enough to marry us. And besides, there's plenty of empirical evidence to show what this stuff is doing to our kids. If we never had any spiritual concerns in the equation. So many parents have no clue. I'd say most. And I say largely because this stuff is now so systemic to our American culture. It's kind of like slavery back in the day. People were blinded to its evils too because it was hardwired or or systemic to the culture back then, at least in the American South. And it wasn't even in the North for, for many years. And let's face it, there was big money in it, just like rock and hip hop in America today. And and the love of what is the root of all evil? Love of money. Yeah. Well, here's the bottom line. There isn't a morally sound reason for allowing our kids to listen to some of the music in in the genre we call hip-hop or a rock today. Again, can God really bless a life when that life is routinely entertained by the things that grieve his heart and debase his creation? I mean, that's really the question we parents have got to ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. Well, let me introduce today's guest and bring him into the conversation. And he is, by the way, a repeat offender on License to Parent, meaning that he has been a guest on the program before. G. Craig Lewis uh, has been in ministry for over 25 years. He is the pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas, but he also travels around the world spreading his message of deliverance through Christ through the ministry of EX Ministries. He promotes the message of Jesus Christ, and as I mentioned in the opening, he fights against the secularization of God's church and, by extension, God's people. Well, G. Craig, uh, welcome back to the License to Parent broadcast. Oh, it's good to be back, fellas. Hey, listen, uh, uh, it's been about a year or so since we've had John, a little over. Uh, is the music scene getting any better or worse since the last time we talked? Uh, it's probably 10 times worse than the last time we talked. <laughs> when I say things have gotten worse, uh, what, what we've seen in the last year is the gospel music and the Christian music scene or Christian hip-hop, whatever they want to call it, scene has taken a turn for the worse as guys like Lecrae, 
and others have made a stance to become secular. Uh, Lecrae has distanced himself from the Christian scene and now signing a major deal to go secular as we speak. Why, why is so, that such a bad thing? There, there's, there's an argument that uh, you know playing music in the secular arena uh, is, a, is a way to, um, uh, to be... To influence to get, the yeah, secular the arena for good. Yeah. More of an evangelistic... I mean, because uh, a lot of people use that argument, but I know you've got some, some wisdom uh, uh, to respond to that. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, because there's, there's no Bible for it. I mean... And nowhere in the Bible was music ever used as a tool to convert anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, music was never used as a tool to win a soul. It was never used to reach a soul. Because music has the power of coercion, and it also has the heart of the author attached to it. Mm-hmm. And because music is able to play a part in that, that coercion power of music could make someone think something is going on when nothing is, when, you know, it's really not going on. Right. So, when, pe- when you play music to bring people to Christ, then people can be having an emotional experience or an emotional reaction mm-hmm. to what they're hearing, but not necessarily making a conscious judgment decision. Well, I've and often said that uh, uh, the same people who are at a Beyonce concert uh, on uh, Saturday night, uh, they can't distinguish the rush they get there uh, from the rush they get on a Sunday morning worship service the next morning. Um, right. So I think you can be, right. you know, musically sensitive, even musically gifted, but not spiritually discerning. And I think it's a bad combination. Um, and, but how do we know that music is actually uh, spiritual at all? I mean, I, I've I've said that, I preach that, uh, but to, to the to the person you know out there in the world who you know maybe doesn't believe in God or even in spiritual things. How how do we share with them that that there's a spiritual component to music and you have any ideas about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did a video called The Truth Behind Hip Hop Part 8. It's Lords of Discords. And I, I, I use quantum physics to explain this. I talked about frequencies and how uh, certain frequencies uh, can, I mean, you can move objects with certain frequencies. You can, certain frequencies can even uh, create patterns. Uh, we did an experiment with rice where you put the rice on a plate, put the plate on a, on a, uh, a speaker that vibrates and you could play certain tones and the rice would move around into certain shapes and create these certain patterns, these certain beautiful patterns that look like someone painted it almost uh, just from the vibrations of sound. Um, so the light spectrum that God created when he said, let there be light, there was more than just the sun to light up the world, but there was a light spectrum. This is where we get our radio frequencies. This is where we get microwave frequencies. This is where we get, uh, uh, you know, uh, beta, gamma, all of these different rays. And so this proves that music, because music is on the light spectrum, because you know music sounds like if you go octaves on a piano, the higher the octave you go, after it's inaudible by the ear, it turns into light. So music and light is the exact same thing. And that's why Lucifer was a light bearer. He was a light bearing angel. He was, you know, the morning star, so to speak, as the word says. So this is because sound and light is the same thing. It's just the frequency of it is what changes. And all of these things are on this wonderful spectrum that God created, the light spectrum. So it's telling us that all of these things can be beyond our reach. When we say spiritual, you know, we immediately think, devil and God, or we immediately think heaven and hell, or we, but 
But you got to look at spiritual as just being, in a lot of cases, beyond our realm or beyond our senses or beyond our perception or our ability to perceive with our senses in our realm. Would I be right in saying that that, that a spiritual does have a physical component to it? Well, that's very true because... You know, like the Bible says, whatsoever you bind in heaven, that shall you also bind in earth. Mm-hmm. Loose in heaven, loose in earth. He's given you the example of how what we do in the natural has a spiritual reaction or consequence or, you know, there is something going on in another realm based on that. And I don't, you know, I don't have time to go into all of it with CERN and, you know, all of the different ways that they're going into other dimensions. And But they understand, even when Adam and yeah. Eve, of the fruit, they did something in the natural that had a spiritual consequence. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a very strong truism, and it's true with music. We can't, we can't just look at music as something we like to hear, but if it is affecting us, if it's changing our mood, if it's changing the way we behave and all of these things, then there is much, there's something greater going on than what we can perceive well, with you could, our senses. you could do brain imaging and see what certain types of music is actually doing yeah. to the brain. So I think there is a, 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 a kind of like a saltwater effect uh, between the spirit and the physical. You really can't divorce one from the other. And, and I'm curious right. about this because, you know, we're talking about, uh, in this moment, we're talking about hip-hop music in particular. And, of course, it's hard to divorce that from hip-hop culture but if you were to separate it and just look at uh, the the musical aspect of itself, um, you, you know the, this style of music versus um, swing music versus uh, classical music versus whatever. Um, do you have a problem with hip hop solely as a musical genre? Well, the, you got to be careful with the linguistics of it because hip hop. Um, can't be a genre if you call it hip-hop. So if we're talking about rap music, where there is a, you know, a, a beat um, that may sound urban, um, that's one thing. But when you add hip-hop to it, you actually add the intent of the hip-hop culture to it. Uh, and that's, okay. what I, you know, that's what I mean, because as a genre, what the enemy has done is he's made it synonymous. So this is why Christians are trying to keep hip hop. And like Lecrae says, you know, uh, hip hop don't act. One of his lyrics is don't act like you don't know me. We got the same mama. And so he wants to be a part of it. This is why he's signing the secular deal. So he can do a secular non-Christian album. This is what he said. He wants to do a non-Christian album. So he's not using hip hop to reach anybody anymore. Now he wants people to see him as an authentic hip-hop recording artist and not a Christian artist. So would you say the holy hip-hop is a uh, oxymoron? Yeah, there's no such thing. It can't be because the, the culture takes the credibility for the individual. You know, hip-hop started, uh, it was, it's rooted in fatherlessness. So when you take the father out of the picture, hip-hop comes in and teaches the son what a father should have. So teaches the son how to dress, how to behave, how to act. It gives them a language that is different from, you know, regular language. It's broken English or Ebonics. It gives him, you know, a, a self-as-God mentality. It makes him believe that he is as a God, which is what the hip-hop uh, culture teaches, even in their Bible that they have. They teach that 
the, the black man is God or you are a God. And so it just defies every principle of Christianity and Christ that is laid out in the Bible. So there's no way to sanctify that. Or you'd be talking about sanctifying Buddhism or Hinduism or any other, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. religious practice. And we know Christianity is its own counterculture. That means it goes against man. It goes against what we want to do and brings about the will of what Christ wants us to do. Mm-hmm. So you can't sanctify an already pre-existing culture that has its own God, its own beliefs, and its own behaviors. You have to you know, counter it with Christianity where you take on Christ's behaviors and what, what he wants. Is Christian rap an oxymoron? Uh, no, no. Christian rap would be the same as Christian, you know, jazz. If we're talking about a style of music or a Christian, you know, uh, classical music or something, if you're going to put Christian in front of a style of music as far as just an instrumentation, then, you know, that's just preference. You know, that's what somebody likes to hear. Now, you got to be careful with that because there are certain things that do change the way we think and the way we may feel physically because of the musical connotation of it. And for example, heavy metal, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, if there are guitars, you know, uh, playing screaming metal guitars or whatever, and the lyrics are being shouted abruptly where you can't understand what they're saying and they're yelling and screaming, then that's going to change your blood pressure. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, it's just, it, it just is. I mean, now, whatever they're saying in it, they may be saying Jesus is Lord or whatever, but you have to be careful that the music isn't so heavy that it totally matches the message and the message gets lost in it. Right. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is G. Craig Lewis of EX Ministries. Uh, you'll find them online at exministries.com. We have to take a quick break. Back with some closing comments and conversation with G. Craig Lewis with Licensed to Parent continues. The world of digital technology is always changing, and it's changing you if you're comfortable with technology or not. Your kids may take technology almost completely for granted and rarely notice its effects. On the other hand, you may adapt to technology more slowly, but are affected by the digital invasion just as much as your kids. In the book, The Digital Invasion, How Technology is Shaping You and Your Relationships, authors Dr. Archibald Hart and Sylvia Hart-Fried uncover the ways digital technology is changing us from within, physically, mentally, and especially spiritually, and offers therapeutic and biblical strategies to become good stewards of our digital lives. The Digital Invasion also includes 10 pages featuring Trace Embry of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Find The Digital Invasion in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherd's Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed to parents to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards 
to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. And a reminder, if you have missed past conversations, you can find them all right there on the website. Again, licensedtoparent.org. And our guest today on the program is G. Craig Lewis of EX Ministries. You'll find them at exministries.com. And we're talking, this is kind of a part two, talking about the influence of music. Last week, Lauren Green was on the program, and we were talking about some of the positive influences and ways that uh, you can mold your children's frontal lobe and, uh, and equip him or her to, uh, to excel scholastically and even spiritually through the positive influences of music. But uh, today, G. Craig Lewis talking about the other side of that coin, there are many dangers, and we've been focusing uh, in particular on uh, the hip-hop music culture. Trace? Yeah, we were talking about the tools uh, uh, of music, and now we're talking about the weapons uh, and how a tool can be, uh, the same tool can be used as a weapon. Um, gee, Craig, uh, both you and you and uh, KRS-One would say that hip-hop is a female or a gay-driven genre. Why do you say this, and what's the significance of this? What, why does it go in that direction? Well, they, you know, <laughs> I, I believe it because of the culture that, you know, whenever men aren't strong in a, in a culture, mm-hmm. uh, then it's going to become an effeminate culture. And because hip-hop was birthed out of fatherlessness, the women are in charge of hip-hop, or the women. It's, it's birthed out of single mothers, basically, who, you know, um, all of the guys, all of the founders, none of them really had their fathers in their lives. So, you know, they're going to adhere to that. And this is where even the look, um, where the, the earrings, you know, men wearing two earrings, that came out of that. That came out of the gay culture. Uh, men sagging their pants, that came out of prison, where men were being, you know, sexually molested by other men in prison. And so they yeah. would wear their pants sagging to show their underwear kind of as lingerie. Uh, the shirts, uh, shirtless. You know, all the tattoos, the tattoos were decorating your body for your man in prison. Um, you know, just all of the different things that hip-hop has embraced as the norm, they're all kind of associated with being effeminate. And even now, you know, rappers are um, wearing dresses and painting their fingernails and carrying purses. And, you know, so uh, this, this, this culture is definitely pushing the female agenda, which is what the devil does. Well, this whole LGBT thing uh, with uh, transgender, uh, blurring the lines between the gender binaries, I, I think this is, this is a perfect indicator of, of uh, the enemy working in our society and having us look at the obvious and not seeing it. Um, but we're out of time, man. But I want to ask you one more question, and, and we'll let you go. Uh, one... Can music be addictive, particularly hip-hop music? And do you feel like the music of specific artists like Eminem and Madonna, Lil Wayne, uh, Beyonce, Jay-Z, because there's a lot of parents listening to this where they know their kids have got this in their library um, and myriads of others like them. Uh, Can they actually cause us, or our kids, particularly our kids, to stumble into sin? Um, 
Yeah, okay. Uh, well, the music it, in itself isn't addictive. Um, it's the message in it that a person needs or desires to hear. And it's because there is something in you that is requiring that. And I, I tell people all the time, you're not just thumbing. Nobody thumbs through the radio to find what genre they're going to like. No one sits and makes a, you know, does a report and decides what they feel is going to be, who they feel is going to be their favorite artist or what they feel is going to be their favorite kind of music or whatever. These decisions are based on what's in us and what's going on in us. And it makes us gravitate to certain ones that can pretty much, these guys are all ministers. They're all ministers of music. That's right. Uh, Jay-Z's a minister of music. He just, you know, he's going to minister to the needs of his congregation. Mm -hmm. And if you, you know, you have a need for what he's saying and what he's doing, then you're going to adopt him as your artist and you're going to fill your iPhone up with his beats. Yeah, let's let's just go with Jay-Z. Can he actually cause our kids to stumble into sin? Well, yeah. I mean, okay. if, if, if David could play music for the king and his music, what he played, because his heart was pure, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. So when he played music, it transferred the frequencies from David through the instrument he was playing and into Saul. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when it did that, the Bible said it chased away the evil spirit. It, it chased away evil desires because the heart of the author of the music was pure. And so if a person's heart is not pure and their, you know, their goal or or the, I mean, what they're doing is evil. Then if they play that music, it's going to create evil in your heart. It's going to do the opposite Mm -hmm. of what David did for Saul. It's going to trouble you. It's going to bring a tempter. It's going to open you up. And because music has the power to go into the mind of a person and disturb their conscience without their consent, it can do things without your permission because it bypasses your guardian. The yeah. guardian is what gives it permission. But if it's bypassing that, then the sinister agenda of the artist and the music and the devil, you're, you're open to it and you're open to it, accept it. And then if you add marijuana and all these other things to it, which marijuana is a hallucinogen, it totally disconnects your guardian from your psyche. It totally opens you up for whatever the music is saying mm-hmm. or whatever is being played. And you'll definitely be dealing with the oppression of, of, of evil spirits. And as we talk about this, I know there's parents out there who still don't get it, uh, are going to allow their kids to listen to this stuff. Uh, but uh, in light of what Jesus said in Mark 9:42, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a millstone hung around his neck and be thrown in the depths of the sea. How are we not, as parents, culpable if we allow our kids to listen to some of this stuff. Yeah, amen. Well, amen. our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been G. Craig Lewis of EX Ministries. If you want to find out more about what we've been talking about and what his outreach is, you'll find him online at exministries.com. And again, that's the letter E, the letter X, ministries, plural, dot com. And G. Craig, thanks so much for being on Licensed to Parent. Thank we you, appreciate sir. it. Thank you guys for having me. Love being on with you. God bless thanks. you. It's our pleasure. And you'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. Licensed to Parent comes to you from Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered therapeutic residential program 
helping teens in crisis. We invite you to go to our website to find out more about Shepherd's Hill. And while there, you can also learn more about our radio outreach, hear past conversations we've had, subscribe to Trace's blog, and find other parenting resources. Again, the address, licensedtoparent.org. Our program coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazzino. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.